Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. We're mixing it up a little bit today. Uh, We are not going to be drinking bourbon. We're going to be sipping on some Irish whiskey uh, here with Padraig Cole, who is the head of North America Operations, and Hopper McGrath, who is a multi-state brand manager for Clonakilty Irish Whiskey. Guys, thanks for joining the show. We do appreciate it. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Dan, for having your time, guys. All right. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm kind of excited. I I do drink a lot of bourbon. That's that's no secret. But uh, I like to mix it up every now and again. And uh, we've got a few things. We'll get into kind of Clonakilty, what it's about, you know, where you guys are, that kind of thing. But before we do, I'm going to be we're going to be sipping on. Uh, we've got Clonakilty finished in Catoctin Creek barrels. We've got a Tawny Port finished, and then we've got a single barrel pick from the rock elite barrel pickers club uh so we'll get into that but uh i don't know Padraig hopper uh, you want to kind of give us the uh the clonic guilty story yeah maybe i'll just jump in so the, the idea started off uh with michael scully the founder who had who was sort of traveling around and he wanted to do something you know back in his farm which is in the southwest coast of ireland and he was looking at various ideas of vodka and gin and everything and obviously you know with the irish whiskey sort of growth story uh, which was coming along and, and everybody was getting interested in Irish whiskey again, he decided he'd, um, he'd, he'd, he'd start a distillery in the town of Clonakilty. So the town is Clonakilty, that's where the name comes from. And started off looking at building a distillery. So his farm is right on the edge of the ocean. So he, the first idea was to build a distillery there, but it's just too complicated with planning and all the rest of the stuff. So he got a great site in the center of the town, but he managed to get a, a warehouse on the edge of the ocean. So the whiskey has been matured there. And um, our own distillery actually started in 2019. So we have our own whiskey now, so it's three years old. However, we're still using source whiskey. So what we're doing in the distillery is single pot still which is beautiful whiskey, but the problem, if you like, the only problem with single pot still, it takes a long time to mature. So we won't be bringing out our own single pot still probably for another two years. So what we have, what we very, let's say clear about the fact we have source whiskey, we're doing all the finishing right in the warehouse. So we got a lot of stock in there. We do various types of finishes. So, and we like to have a little bit of fun as well. So the Catoctin Creek came out of, um, uh, an idea that uh, we had from one of our people up around uh, Virginia, D.C., uh, who liked Catoctin Creek. We went out to them, visited them. They loved the idea. We did a barrel swap with them. And we do a lot of stuff, collabs with craft breweries as well. And there various types of finishes. You know, it's it, it sort of conversation starters as much as everything else, right? We want to talk about what we're trying to do. For us, we have our own, we grow our own barley as much as we can. We talk about sustainability. We talk about, you know, supporting smaller sort of uh, distilleries and, and breweries and stuff like that. You know, get a little bit closer to the sort of different communities. You know, the craft beer community, there's a lot of similarities to what we're doing and, and, and what those guys are doing, right? So we're sort of fighting against all the big guys. They're fighting against the big guys. So, you know, if we can help each other, why not, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to try any of the, uh, I guess I'll say beer finishes, right? Or craft beer finishes. So uh, I've got to get my hands on some of those. And speaking of, uh, I know, Hopper, we traded some messages. I think you'd mentioned, uh, what, a few, well, a month or so ago that you were going to have, uh, you're going to be introduced into Georgia. I think that's been, which is where I'm located. I think that's been successful, right? Yeah, Cal, we, uh, me and Parker and Erea, the other state manager, were down there um, probably six weeks ago, um, if my memory serves me right. And we launched down below there um, with Savannah Distribution. It was great. We had a fantastic three days down there. Ate, drank, probably way too much. Um, but people were so nice. It was my first time ever been in um, in Georgia. Um, we, had a, we had a blast down there. I had, I had a great time. Um, so, yeah, we launched. People were so receptive of it. A lot of bars and restaurants. Loved the gin. Um, was the main kind of winner down there in the port cast finish for us. But um, I will actually probably be heading down closer to you guys in the coming months to take over the running of George of the Georgia market. So okay, nice. Yeah, you got to holler when you get down here, man. Get to yeah, no, for sure. We'll definitely drink a few. But no, Georgia was great. We haven't looked at doing any brewery collaborations down there as of yet. You know, we're still very new to the market down there. We want to grow it where we get a lot of liquid to lips and people and they can try it. You know, get their feedback. Um, but said the, the the response that we had down there, I think Par would agree, was pretty, pretty shocking compared to, like, it's not shocking, it's more and more, but like, we got a lot of good traction a lot of feedback and we, we have a great distributor partnership down there with savannah and they opened a lot of doors for us you know yeah so so the, I'll, I'll say flagship brands if that's a, a fair statement you can correct me if i'm if i'm wrong so we've got the double oak we've got the port cask finish and then uh the single grain is that the three expressions that you did find on the shelf the single malt rather in georgia we had some single grain but we just didn't have enough of it so we're, it was so the single malt has been phased into most of the markets that we have now uh, which gotcha. is double distilled single malt finished in uh, french uh, bordeaux casks that's so actually quite a nice single malt and it's a little bit more interesting you know most irish whiskey is triple distilled it's a sort of a cliche that all irish whiskey is triple distilled it's not as much as not all scotch whiskey is double distilled you have all contortion for example triple distilled so the the the, the malt is actually double distilled and it's quite nice uh, so they're the three standard and then obviously in each market we would have you know um different sort of expressions alongside it depending on what we're doing if we're doing a beer collab or we're, we did a barrel swap with garrison brothers as well so when we open up with texas we'll probably launch that at the same time which could be interesting Nice. We yeah, sort of, looking forward to that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. The bar, we shipped the barrels and it took ages. The barrels, you know, with the world shipping and stuff, it took absolutely ages for the barrels to get to Ireland. So we're behind schedule in terms of when we thought we were going to be able to release it. But, you know, it's it's rather getting it right. So we're not going to release it because we have a schedule that we want to, we want to have it in the store or whatever. We'll release it when it's it's ready to be released. So that's that's how it's going to work. Yeah, I tried it. I just got back from Ireland two days ago, and I happened to go and check some of the stuff out. So some of his age are fine, but the Garrison Brothers stuff is months away, if not another year away from just being right. As Parag said, the barrels had dried out, and the guys had to get them back to life. They ended up in Egypt. Oh, wow. 
Um, so yeah, um, they got a nice cooking in the container over there for a couple of weeks. Uh, right. But no, it's, there's definitely some flavors coming off this. Um, you know, Donis and the guys have been super cool to work with at Garrison, and you know, we sent them um, eight or ten of our um, French Bordeaux casks as well. So I know he's 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 doing something with them over there. It's going to be pretty cool. But uh, we're hoping it's going to be a continued relationship with them. And the same with the Tocton Creek, which you guys have. Um, I was very surprised and very happy how that actually turned out um, with the one with the alcohol content in it. And it's got uh, some really good flavor and really good taste to it. It's um, selling really well in the market and uh, people are really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I haven't had too much to drink yet. So if my math is right, I think the Catoctin is 116 proof, I believe. And, you know, when I'm thinking of Irish whiskey and I'm thinking of 116 proof, I'm thinking that it's going to be pretty, pretty gassy or, out, you know, a lot of alcohol, ethanol on the on the finish on this one. And I, it's it's definitely not coming off that way. Uh, so grassy apple on the nose, uh, get a little bit of tobacco in there on, on the palate. So, yeah, it's, this one came out really good, man. Look, look yeah, it's, it's, a, it's actually 124 proof. I, I told you I've been drinking too much already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it'll, uh, yeah, it's actually 124, which, you know, I have i don't have any of it with me now here. I, I drank enough of whiskey in Ireland to last me a while on that trip. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's I'm, the highest proof we've ever done. Um, I love it. I really, I think it's uh, one of the nicest whiskeys that we've done. It doesn't really have that hotness as you would expect mm-hmm. from 124. Um, and I love the spiciness to it. Um, I have to, I know all you guys are bourbon guys, but I'm a more of a rye guy than I am bourbon. I'll be up front with you. Um, I like the spiciness of the rye and you get that for sure through. They were, um, they were smaller casts. They were quarter casts. They weren't the normal size, the 200 uh, liter cast that you get, let's say from a, you know, your standard barrel, right? Uh, yeah. So, so, yeah, if I can. So, uh, so we've got a lot of finished products that you guys are, are putting out. Right. And, and when you're making these decisions and we've had the folks from Catoctin on a couple of times, uh, I haven't had anything of theirs that I didn't like, uh, tend to go kind of more higher proof, just, you know, based on how much I drink, right. I want to be able to taste it. Uh, but, but yeah, some really good stuff. And I, so I agree. And I think that rye adds a really nice uh, layer of complexity and kind of depth of flavor into the to to the Irish whiskey side of things. So yeah, I I, I really like that. But I guess as it gets to finishing, right? And and as you're picking, you know, who are you going to partner with? Uh, are you looking for certain profiles? Uh, are you looking for hey, what's like? What's not in the market today? I mean, what what is there some direction that you guys are working with there, or how's that working out? Um, well, I suppose there's two things. First of all, one of the sort of a, a thing that we were trying to talk to the Irish side about was the fact that there's more and more interest in higher proof whiskies over here in the U.S. than <laughs> there is in Ireland. So when we wanted to talk about higher proof, first of all, they were saying, well, listen, we'll do it at 100 proof. Mm-hmm. But really, that's that's where we want to stop. And I, I was saying in the hopper, I know you're on a call as well. I said, listen, people want more than that. They yeah. want something higher than that. So let's see, you know, let's try something higher than that. So when the, the guys back in Ireland, they were playing around with it and, and they started sending out stuff around 114, 116. And then when 
Paul, who was actually testing or t- tracing the catoxin, he said, listen, I think this can come out the way it is. And I was saying, perfect. So there is a little bit of, it's, it's down to the Irish side, what the blender in Ireland is saying, what he thinks is right. Um, and if it's too hot, then obviously he's going to add some water to it, right? But he was quite happy with the flavors in the Catoctin Creek. I mean, in terms of what we're, the market is looking for, I suppose we don't want to be just a company that takes in whiskey on one side, slaps a label, a label on it, and then just ships it out and saying, hey, you know, it's our whiskey, right? right? So we wanted to be able to say, well, listen, we want to do something which is different from what everybody else is doing. And one of them, so while we have our standard brands, at, so the, the single batch is at 43.6%, broadcast at 43.6%, the single malt's at 46 sorry, now I'm back to proof, not, uh, back to ABV, not proof. The, everything else will bring it out at exactly what uh, the guys in Ireland think it tastes best at. Hmm. So sometimes it could be down to, down to 100 proof, sometimes a little bit higher than that. But generally, what we would say is, you know, drink less, but drink better. Right? That's one of the things that we're talking about now. It's not about just, you know, buying a bottle of $20 booze and, you know, drinking, right? We have to as all of us getting a little bit older as well, we have to take a little bit more care about what we put into our bodies, right? So, you know, that's definitely part of us. Um, but we're definitely reacting to the market where we're saying, listen, proof, higher proof, higher proof, higher proof. So that's definitely driven by the market. But whether, I mean, I think we liked when we went out to the Catoctin Creek people, we liked how they operated. We loved out in Percival, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of it. It's an old Buick garage or something, I think, from the 1920s. You know, it's amazing the amount of stuff that they actually can can produce from that place they're in. And we just like them a lot. We said, these are people we like to do work with, you know. And that's part of it. So we can see there's a little bit of chemistry that they, you know, they don't take themselves seriously, but they take what they make seriously. And that's part of it sure. as well. And definitely with the conversations with the craft brewery guys, that's definitely something that we all sort of insist on, if you like. We don't get a right feeling from it. There was one there was one um, down here in Florida, in South Florida, we didn't work in the end. Um, and yeah, we just didn't feel that they were they were more corporate and they were sort of owned by one of the big guys, sort of unofficially, or if, I don't know, it wasn't very clear anyway. So we sort of stayed away right. from that. And we ended up gotcha. down here with 26 degree brewing in Pompano, some you know local guys just making great beer, you know. <laughs> so that's how it works. Yeah, we like we like to work out down with like kind of more family run businesses and people that are in it, you know, for the love of actually doing it, not just uh, so. And then obviously with the Catoctin Creek, like them guys have been awesome to work with, you know, the, the Garrison guys, you know, it's all family out there with them. Same with us, you know, like obviously Michael and Porrick have the, the, the distillery, it's family run. A lot of the f- people that are in the family working, and that's what we look for our brewery collaborations as well, you know. Um, like with Big Ditch in Buffalo and Middle Ages in Syracuse and Rollback in Rochester, you know. And we're doing some stuff with Black the Black Button guys too. Um, you know, just family run businesses that enjoy having a good time, but as Parag said, make a good, serious product and. You know, you can have a bit of fun along the way, and you know, we're 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 new, very new to the markets, so you know, nobody knows Kilani Kilty, but people in Maryland, D.C., and Virginia, and throughout the United States respect and know Catoctin Creek, and they see it on the bottle. They they automatically they know a brand that they're drawn to, and they're like, okay, if these guys are partnering up with Kilani Kilty, obviously there's something here to try, you know. And the same with the breweries that we partner up with throughout the United States. You know, they're 
there are breweries that are in the areas that we are focusing on and people trust their beer, like their beer. Some of them have cult followings and, you know, sticking their label on the bottle really helps move it off the shelf. It gets people more engaged in the conversation. And I suppose we're fortunate that we're privately owned, um, that Porig and Michael give like me and everybody else that works for the company freedom to kind of explore these options and do them. You know, um, like they haven't said no to pretty much uh, any of the collaborations we've done yet. Um, so it's, it's uh, you know, there's a few more coming down the pipeline. But obviously, you know, it, it, they're, they're a lot of fun for us. Like, you know, you get to go to the brewery, drink beer all the time and hang out with them guys and see how that see how that side works. And, you know, it's and, and they're, they're excited about it, too, because normally they just give their barrels away for garden furniture or, you know, they cut them up or <laughs> sell them for planters or so the, the sure. fact that they, the fact that we air freight them to Ireland and, you know, I sent them some videos like they thought it was like super cool to see their actual barrels in another country aging and when it comes back they're going to have their own logo on the bottle and stuff like that so they get very excited about it too it's not not just us they them guys have a lot of lot of hype behind and then we try to reciprocate and get some barrels sent over but the way shipping is at the moment you just can't rely on it so we kind of had to hold back a small bit on shipping some stuff over um, yeah, I, I guess from a fair playing field standpoint, everybody's operating at, at that level. So, you know, no, no advantages or disadvantages yeah. there from a supply chain standpoint. But wouldn't so hopefully that'll zoom. There you go. Yeah, I, I really love what you guys have done with the label as far as we've got uh, how many bottles on here. We've got where it's coming from. We're going from bourbon into rye whiskey. So a lot of information on here, which I think as a consumer, I appreciate. Uh, you know, Hopper, you mentioned it, right? I mean, Clonic Hilti and, and Potter, you did as well. You know, relatively, uh, relatively new distillery, relatively new to the U.S. market. So, you know, I, I think that's a, a great, uh, great strategy to take advantage of, you know, kind of those cult followings, people that are already established regionally. And, you know, it's um, I, I and Potter, you, you described that better than I've ever described it. They don't take themselves seriously, <laughs> but they take what they do very seriously, and that's exactly. uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, that kind of motto to live by, man. That's uh, you, you got to have some fun along the way. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So let me back into something real quick here. Uh, well, not real quick, uh, but so. You know, talking about the Scully family, I think we're what nine generations deep. Uh, you know, yeah. kind of the you know running the farm. They're growing their own grains. Uh, they're getting water from a from a source. Uh, you know, on property, yeah. right or underneath, underneath yeah. the property. Uh, so it, you can elaborate on that if you want. But where I'm heading, and, and you mentioned it earlier, Padraig, from a from a distiller standpoint, you know, they're they're tasting. They're kind of getting where they want to go. I think everything that we're that, that we're tasting today, it's all blended, correct? Uh, everything that you're tasting today is all blended. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so as I was kind of looking at, you know, what makes Clonic Hilti unique, and uh, I, I am not an Irish whiskey buff by any means, right? but we can all learn, right? We're, we're venturing out here. And uh, I, I kept seeing a common phrase uh, that's called a gentle cut. Hmm. Yeah, they were talking about the well water that's coming out of Clonakilty. So, is that something you can kind of elaborate on? Yeah. And that, and and I think that's kind of what makes Clonakilty unique in the Irish whiskey market, or one of the things. So you just broke up a second there. Sorry. So 
Uh, yeah, in terms of gentle cut, this is one of the things that somebody said to us, one of our consultants, uh, Julia Nerney, at the start. She said, listen, why don't you try and add water very slowly to the whiskey rather than just, you know, taking it from cast strength down to bottling strength rather than just adding water in one shot. And we tried it, and we really felt that there was a difference in the taste between you when you add water once and, and uh, you know, in one shot versus adding it over two weeks. And I suppose this, there's a little bit of science behind it. When you add water to whiskey, you create an exothermic reaction, right? You create heat, you create evaporation, you create, you shock the molecules. And when you add water gently, you don't do this. And so we, we were doing that. We put it on the label. Then one day I was down in Jacksonville and this guy gave me this bourbon to taste. And I tasted it. I said, this is amazing bourbon. What is it? He said, it's old elk. Hmm. He said, you know what we do? He, I said, well, he said, we add water very carefully and very slowly. Oh, wow. And I said, wow. Well, I said, I know another company that does it. He didn't know who I was, right? He was just <laughs> randomly gave me, they were doing some event. And I look, they have the science on, the, on their website behind us so if you go on their website you see the science we were doing it rather by sort of by by sensory you know differences but they've done the science behind it it does really work now the issue with it obviously is it takes up a huge amount of space in your warehouse because you're doing you have all these bulk containers all over the place and you're adding water slowly and stuff but you know it's something we're going to do we're going to continue doing it we do it with our gin as well um, it, it does make a difference um, we can do it not the bigger guys can't um, and yeah, now it's part of our story now. It's definitely part of the whole thing that we do differently. We also do minimum filtration. So basically when you're taking out whiskey from a cask into, before it goes into bottling, you need to put it through a filter to strain as much, you know, that's coming out of the cask, little bits of charcoal, whatever. We, the standard filter is about eight microns and we do a 31 micron filter. So again, more of the flavor is, is actually going through into the whiskey and i suppose they're the two bigger the biggest differences that we do uh, you know more than than other now other people do obviously things similar but you know i think the gentle cut is definitely we were the first to do it in ireland and there might be a few more of the smaller guys doing it now but i don't know if anybody else over in the u.s uh, the irish guys over in, who have stuff over here in the u.s are doing it hmm. sure yeah okay so i'm i've uh, i've been sipping on the catoctin finish i'm now moving I've, I've moved over to the tawny port finish and it, i mean generally speaking is this the same whiskey starting out it's just going into a different finishing cask or am i drinking completely different whiskey no you're, you're not it's not completely different when we when we sourced it we did we um we would source different batches from different distilleries, but it's, it's pretty much the same. So it would be a blend of both um, triple distilled malt and single grain. Yeah, because there's like two clearly distinct profiles that I'm getting on Catoctin and then the port, rightfully so. Uh, yeah. It means it worked, right? The, the, fin the finishing process worked for uh, for both scenarios. Yeah. Um, equally good, I just think they probably come at a, uh, you know, it's a, uh, well, what kind of mood are you in? What have you had to drink lately? You know, it's, uh, but, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah this, uh, that port's, uh, that's, yeah, that's really good. They're both outstanding. How, what's the proof on the port one, Cal? 
I think we're at a 114. 114, yeah, 115. It was around that. That was actually that was actually a private barrel that I um, sold to a store in uh, upstate New York, mm. and um, it turned out super well. They were super happy with it. Um, you know, I that port when I'm drinking it, I do add a drop of water into it. It really opens the flavor in it. Mm. Um, it gets the oils going in a big time. A lot of a lot of our port, I, most of our port, I tell everyone just a drop of water in it. It really, really opens the flavor mm. on it for me personally. But yeah, I know it was a super good pick. Um, Three hundred odd bottles, I believe they're already gone, sold from out of the store. Mm. So yeah, the private barrels is something we've. We've started kind of dabbling, getting our our feet wet in a small bit, I suppose. Um, we've done it to a small extent last year. I suppose we've probably done maybe 10, 12 casks, um, and it was very successful for us. Um, this year, we have goal to probably do 90 to 100 casks throughout the United States. Um, nice. So yeah, we're we're having a lot of fun with it. Obviously, you know the the private barrel stuff, as you guys know, is is huge business and it's a lot of fun. Obviously, look, we have a great relationship with Jeff and Rochester Barrel Pickers. So he's uh, you know he uh, he and he's been very very knowledgeable and very helpful too in his experience picking barrels and how and how and what he looks for when he goes to do it and what. You know, and he gave some great recommendations and great advice that we've taken on board um, as well. So it's been it's been a good partnership. But also, apart from Jeff, we've got other fantastic stores and accounts in throughout the United States, from Oregon to Washington D.C. that that buy private casks off us. So it's been a it's been fun. Um, the guys seem to be having fun with it in Ireland too. The the blenders and the distillers they're always trying to find some new quirky barrels or find new stuff to send us over and see if we push it and get through it. But yeah, the, the process is fun. Awesome. And so in what we're drinking today, again, it, uh, you know, no trend in transparency, right? So it is source. What's uh, I, the one thing I don't see is an age statement. I know it's blended, uh, but if you had to take a guess, what are you thinking? Like six plus nine, six to nine ish. Uh, the malt is probably about five-ish, and the the grain about nine-ish. So you're looking okay. somewhere in between the two. Again, gotcha. it depends on the batch that they they select, but yeah, that'll be pretty much where it is at. Yeah. And the, you 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 guys are more bourbon guys. Do you feel that the pork cast is more to your liking? Because I ask that because when I do a lot of tastings, if I always ask, you know, what's sort of go to. Uh, drink the people and I think bourbon drinkers like the pork cast finishes let's say more than some other finishes would you agree with that or uh, so I I, me personally I wouldn't agree with that just because um, you know it's, I mean if we called it bur- uh, birdies and Irish whiskey it really wouldn't have a ring to it so <laughs> we, 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 had to, we had to go with something we had to go with something that was catchy uh, but in all seriousness um, I I I think it's good, but I think if I'm wanting to drink like Irish whiskey, like I, I want to taste that uh, kind of that malt. I want the grain. I mean, there, there's certain things that I'm going to get from Irish whiskey that I'm not going to get from bourbon. Like yep. the, the, you know, there, there's definitely some sweetness coming out of this Catoctin bottle, right? I mean, I'm getting there. There's pears on the front end. 
Um, a little bit of marshmallow. There's some vanilla that I'm picking up on the palate in there. There's like some cinnamon butter. I, I think, uh, Potter, when you just were describing the uh, kind of that rye spice that was coming through, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I'm getting the cinnamony, but there's also kind of that a little bit of salty, uh, a touch of, I'm going to use the word brine in a good way, but it's the, you know, from, from a finish standpoint. And I actually yeah. like that just to kind of, you know, it's a, a bit of a palate refresher, right? And, and so I guess in, in my point in saying that is I don't need my Irish whiskey to be disguised as bourbon. However, I do think, and, and Hopper, I did exactly what you said. And it's like just that drop of water in there actually made this whiskey oilier oh, which wow. uh, and and i'm no chemist but i would think that it would wouldn't have made it oilier which i like i mean it, it to me it improved the mouthfeel and yeah i mean on the nose like it just opened it opened a lot up on, on the nose from the port so yeah that was that was actually more luck than anything i fucking figured that out i was messing around with it. i was messing around with it one day and i was like let me try some water on this and then I don't know, I, I might have had a few more to drink than I thought I had, but I thought it tasted different that night. And then I was like, let me go back and try this again tomorrow. So I kind of messed around with it for a few days, but that was for my taste. You know what I mean? Some people like it straight up, but I do any time I'm doing tastings, just with that one in particular, the other two, like our, our double oak and the malt, they don't really need it because of the cut, the gentle cut. But the, whatever it is with that port, when you put a drop of water into it, especially the, the higher proof port, port finishes that we do you know it i find it, it gets a quite a, it really opens up the aisles and the whiskey and gets a lot more a lot more flavor to it and kind of a more of a whole mouth kind of coat to it but you know that's so, so let, let's let's stick there for a minute. I don't think Podrick was going there, but uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna track him there. We'll see we'll see if we can make this happen. So if if I'm not an Irish whiskey drinker, right, and I, it, or if I am, I drink it one time a year, and it's always in a green bottle, right? And it and that's all. And and it's just I'm shooting that shit just straight down, right? Uh, and, and probably I've got a Guinness back, you know, following it. So and that's all I know about Irish whiskey. So if if and so and Potter, you mentioned that. That you are more of a rye guy. We got plenty of rye on the bar, and, and I'm totally a rye guy. Um, but how would you how would you start to walk someone through? Here's a good introductory to Irish, and same for you, Hopper. And, but how would you walk someone through? Hey, if you're if your shelves look something like mine and they're just full of friggin' bourbon, and sometimes I'm like, eh, I don't know what bourbon I want, or I want something a little different. How, where are you steering somebody? Yeah, I suppose that's that's what I was trying to sort of allude to, right? If somebody is real bourbon, I don't like Irish whiskey, or you say I drink it once on the March the 17th or whatever, and that's it. I would say, well, listen, the, the I won't say the closest because it's not it's not a fair statement, but there's a sweetness to the port cast that if you like bourbon, you may like, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. If somebody is into the rye, and I would say, well, obviously the Catoctin, but you know, a single pot still has the spiciness to it that you will get. Um, so for rye drinkers, I would say a single pot still Irish whiskey is probably the closest the closest it's easiest to transition to if this is what you like right and then if you're an irish drinker and you want to drink something uh you know a little bit more complex a little bit i would say the the double oak is where you would go to Mm -hmm. 
which is, let's say retails around 50 bucks. So, um, you know, it's more expensive than some of the green bottles. Um, but it's, you know, it has a complexity to it. Obviously it has the gentle cut because of the minimum filtration, you know, there's more flavor in it than, than it's just some of the other Irish whiskies um, in on the market. So that's how, that's, that was what I was trying to allude to when I was talking about the port cask, right? There is yeah, a sweetness, yeah, obviously bourbon guys, you know, with the corn and everything, you're going to get some sweetness, right? Like Yeah, I, I know I didn't really answer your question. So I wanted to circle back on that one and give you, uh, give you an opportunity, but yeah, I, I would agree. So I'm back on the, uh, on the on the port finish and Hopper, I know you you're biting your tongue, but uh, but yeah, I mean I, I think that that's a really good spot to go. And is that uh, you know it, it is giving that kind of added. It's not sweet, but it yeah. it's it it's kind it's it's knocking a little bit of that what you would think about traditional Irish whiskey flavor. It's giving it a different profile from, from what you would think is a traditional Irish whiskey, even though you're going to be able to pick up those traditional notes, right, as uh, you know, on the palate and on the finish. Yeah. But there's uh, there's a little, I don't know, I don't want to use the word mellowing out because you know, I mean, it's definitely the proof is there and, and uh, but it's not drinking hot. It's not, you know, it's yeah. It, yeah. it's putting yeah. it into a position where I want to sip it and not shoot it. Exactly. That's that's exactly it. You know, it's a little bit fruitier. You're going to get sort of like peaches, maybe some soft spices on, uh, you know, on the on the palate. It's not a shooting whiskey. I mean, you know, we're not in the shooting whiskey game, right? <laughs> right. Well, I also think exactly. you know, it's like what what do you want out of it? You know, what type of setting are you in? Is it more of on on the on the back half of a meal, or is it what it, what are you trying yeah, to get right. out of it? You know, I, mean, I think there's a lot of merit to what you talked about with the port, with the with the bourbon or whatnot. So. I think your 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 hunches there are probably aligned to the mass market, but I think you know there's also a room in place for whatever you want to do, how you want to drink it, and where you're drinking it. No, absolutely, hundred percent. When we do sort of whiskey dinners, we we always send you know some bottles into the chef couple of weeks beforehand let him play with it let him think about it what he thinks the right food is for pairing it and then even you know i always would say maybe finish with the port but you know if he wants to do it earlier or she then let's you know let's do it you know if he has the right thing to pair it with absolutely it is important 100 percent. all right you did it so what cal do you know where, what question i'm going to all right so what are you pairing with these what do you guys pair with them Oh no! Wait a minute. Hopper may want to talk about. Uh, yeah. He may want to talk about migrating into Irish whiskey from uh, from other spirits. So let's well, it's it's funny. Like, oh, there's a lot of good points there. But my biggest, our so I do a lot of like the in store tastings and stuff like that at liquor stores and that. And, you know, people come in and like you know they're bourbon drinkers or whatever. And like, ah, oh, fuck it, I can't drink Irish whiskey. And like, oh, I drank it once when I was 18 and I puked into my mother's flower pot. Like it's you drank you know, the whole fucking bottle. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you know, you just you're like you're trying to get people away from that. You know, the the what they stereotypical they think of Irish whiskey, like shooting Jamo on St. Patrick's Day. That's not what it's about now. So if I'm if I'm getting people to transfer over, like I believe people are big fans of eating, drinking with their mind and brain, and they if you drop little key notes and key references to them, if I say, oh, you should try this, I would class it up there with like the red breasts of the world. Mm. People are like, oh, I've heard of red breast before. If he's saying it's as good as that, fuck it, let me give it a go. And yeah. nine times out of 10, when people try it, they're like, you know what? This is actually really, really good. Because it said it just triggers something in their their head. And like I and it's it, that's a lot of the reason I do the collaborations with, you know, as I mentioned with the breweries and distilleries. 
it triggers things in people's heads going, I know Catoctin Creek, I know Garrison Brothers, I know Big Ditch Brewing. If these guys are partner of them, it must be good. And so when I do the tastings, you know, as you said, bourbon drinkers, I'm like, I do, I mainly push them towards the port cask um, if I am having a tasting with them at the liquor store. But same thing, they're like, oh, I hate Irish whiskey. I'm like, just try it. Just yeah, it's not going to kill you. It's, it's free. And, but then I like I and I have no shame in using it. Like I'll I'll say like I class it up there as with the red breast of the world or the higher end Irish whiskeys. You know, I, I'm, on, I'm on your side here, man. This is like yeah, the, it's good. Yeah, and with and with our price point too, like we've priced ourselves in such a way, we fall like just above the Jameson Black Barrels, but below the Red Breast. So we're in that kind of forty dollar, forty two dollar range to like the get the Captain goes up is like sixty three bucks a bottle, sixty five yep. bucks a bottle. Yep. So we're kind of falling into that kind of that vacuum, that niche vacuum that's there. Obviously, that market is getting fed into a bit more now. There's some more, more Irish brands coming on the market are falling into our price point but you know people people are buying it at that price and they like it and they, you do get some people converted over to it you know like I suppose one of the, the people I, that we did convert over small was our good friend Jeff like he when I first met him he's all about bourbon and like he goes I hate Irish whiskey I was like, okay. I said, just give it, a, give it a go. And I said, like, let's see how we, let's see how we go. And here we are, a couple, of, a couple of more private barrels later, and he's, 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 he's coming around. You know, that's outstanding. Yeah, which, which is a little bit of a challenge, right? Because I mean, for you guys, right? So you again, we've mentioned it, and it's not. I mean, it just, it's reality. I mean, you know, most people kind of gravitate towards certain brands. And it's because of who they're owned by and the marketing budget that's behind it to be able to, you know, kind of uh, promote, you know, the, the world whiskey market or the U.S. whiskey market, however you want to look at it. And and there's a stereotype that comes along with it. And it, and it a lot of times it is that, you know, it was, uh, you know, the 17th and it was 2 a.m. And I can't stop puking because I had two bottles. Yeah. And, and, Never it's so so again you're you're almost at that you know at a crux which which i think is not i mean i don't know if it's going to be an easy road obviously there's some there's success uh you've got a lot of uh you've got a lot of cool brands that are partnering with you that are giving you that opportunity again to change kind of the mindset or stereotype of oh don't think about it like that and it, you know, in, in the same breath, I, I guess you kind of wind up in a position to where now you start to be able to create the re-imaging of what Irish whiskey is, was intended to be, and is gonna be, right? And 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 there's, you know, you've got different kinds of drinkers, so you're gonna have the folks that are they're lonely looking for one thing, and and maybe this isn't for them, but maybe it is because uh, Padre, you said it best, right? Let's drink. Uh, maybe I want to drink more, but I want to drink quality more. So. Yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> when I grew up in Ireland, and I, I was in my sort of 18 to 21, we're allowed to drink in Ireland at 18. Tequila was the thing that we all have very bad experiences with. And I was down in Mexico a couple of years ago, and, you know, they got, oh, try this, try this. And I was like, nah, I don't like it. But then, you know, when you taste good tequila and good mezcal, this is not the stuff that you drink when you're 18. Go, right? go, go, go on. Take a trip to well, take a trip to Ireland first, and and go see Clonakilty. But take a trip to Oaxaca and go drink agave spirit and and go drink mezcal. 
in Oaxaca exactly. that's being exactly. that's being made in somebody's backyard, and you you can stop in a lot of backyards, and it it doesn't taste anything like that gold label that you've uh, you know stilled your guts over. You, know, you you've prayed to many toilets before. It tastes absolutely nothing like that, and and I think that again, I kind of the reason we're on here having a sip and and talking about it is you know it it's not. It's not what you all are making. You're not making, you know, that product, right? It, it's meant exactly. to be, it, it, it's exactly. different and meant to be enjoyed differently. So exactly, exactly. So you asked about food pairings. I would always say for the single malt, maybe some sort of, you know, light, medium type cheeses, mm-hmm. double oak, definitely cocoa, chocolate, this type. Love um, and then if you're, you know, with the, with the um, board cask, maybe some dried fruits, anything like that, or even with steak, if you're having it, you know, if you're at a full sit down sort of meal, definitely will work with meat. No problem at all. Great answers. So, yeah, it's, the double oak with chocolate is always, I mean, sort of good last thing before you go to bed sort of thing, you know, just a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of double oak and then. Oh. Like a baby. That sounds. I'm good. actually getting. I'm getting a lot of cocoa. Kind of those. You know, if you think about those little cocoa nibs, or maybe some cocoa powder, like dark chocolate powder out of that Catoctin pour. Uh, well, that, that's a big finish for me right there. I have to tell you, I've, I've the, the tasting notes, I opened them up while you were talking. The, ta- the official tasting notes from Katox and the finish is drying spices, cinnamon, and coffee. So you were talking about cinnamon, so you've definitely picked up where we're, where we're at. The palate is creamy vanilla, candied ginger, and clove. That's the palate. And the nose, honey, vanilla, lemon peel, peppermint, pear candies. That's good. So well done. Yeah. You, did, you did very well there. I mean, it's tough. Getting all of those, you know, that's Paul, who is the expert who did that. So, you know, it's tough getting all that stuff. So well done. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So just, uh, I mean, the one thing I'm missing, I don't really get a whole lot of peppermint out of this one. Uh, but it, that's today. Little bit, little bit. I don't I don't know. I mean, tomorrow could be something completely different. Uh, but yeah, so, so the, the only thing that I'm like, eh, I don't know if I get that would be uh, would be peppermint. I, I just I don't I'm not picking that one up. But I do think the coffee is uh, I, I wasn't finding that I was finding that d- kind of dark chocolate or dark cocoa powder. But now I'm totally thinking like a coffee bean that's sprinkled in that dark uh, cocoa powder. That's like that's. There you go. There you go. Good. Yeah, some the taste notes are great from Paul, but everyone's palate is so different. You know, I find when I do the tastings at liquor stores, like people are like, I got lemongrass or fresh cut grass. I'm like, great. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you think you're after getting out of it, I'm all about it. Exactly. So, but yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Everyone everyone's palate is just so so different. Yeah, and who knows what you had earlier today, right? So, yeah, well, I, ne- I, never, I never say what I had earlier. What are you <laughs> sipping on? What are you sipping on, Hopper? I'm actually sipping on our cigar malt that I brought from Ireland. Um, oh, you're not supposed to sip it on that. That's those who sent that for samples. <laughs> I, got two, I got two bottles. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you need my Do you need my address? Hello? <laughs> Uh, I, brought, I, brought, I, brought, I brought over enough of it. To, uh, uh, so I just cracked this thing open, and so this is uh, this is a Rock Elite Barrel Pickers uh, yeah. pick, and like just just on the nose immediately, it is like butterscotch. Di- you know the little butterscotch disc candy. It's all, and it's like completely different than either of the two that I've had so far. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing with with the, with the barrels, you know. And each of the barrels are different. So we would have 
let's say 20 20 port barrels he'll only take two a single barrel so you know he won't take the rest the rest will just be blended back in so what's what finishes that Kyle? which what, what the rochester one what's the rib, rib salts oh rib salts this is yeah rib salts. yeah 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 that was at, that was at 100 proof par like that one that wasn't that was okay. that wasn't cask that was before we got into uh, the higher proof stuff you know um that was but i really enjoyed the finish on that one i thought it was I thought it was super cool and the label and logo turned out really great. That kind of purpley pink color to it. Super unique. Um, yeah. it, it, it came out really, really well. And then obviously Peaky Blinders on the back. Nice. Nice. Um, I don't know if I was supposed to show that or not. That was just like a little flash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't see anything. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there, there was a cease perfect. and desist coming somewhere. What's, what surprised you guys the most um, coming and bringing this to the, to the U.S. Um, in terms of reception? A good and that could be good or bad. No, good. I want good stuff. Um, I suppose that what's good is that people are very receptive to actually listening to the story. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you like a good story over here. So that definitely is, is one of the good things about it. I suppose the, the more difficult thing is that the larger sort of chains and stuff are, you know, are not they don't have time to educate the people mm. so we do better off in liquor stores that are owned by mom and pops or the manager is there every day and he can talk about the whiskey and tell the story and everything we do less well in sort of the bigger places where they just go to grab a green bottle if you like or whatever it may be yeah. and you know nobody has the time to actually talk to anybody about it but definitely i think the story is resonating i think what surprised me over the last two or two years more than that is the the whole sustainability story is actually resi resonating more in the u.s than it used to people weren't really sort of it wasn't hitting them now i think they're understanding a little bit more about the fact you know that it's important to also know where you're what you're eating and drinking comes from so the fact that we can say, well, listen, with our gin, everything is within 10 miles and soon with single pot still, everything, you know, is, will be grown locally and it's distilled there and the warehouse is there. And other than the bottles, obviously, pretty much everything, you know, is within a very, very small radius. And that actually is one of the things that I'm happy with that is actually coming more and more relevant over over uh, over here. Awesome. And so, Hopper, do you want to throw anything else in there? Yeah, no, I think that's like it, it, people. I said people. The people in America, I suppose, a lot of them are Irish Americans. So they have this whim. They trace back their heritage and and family thing to it. And I suppose Ireland's the kind of that whimsical place of fantasy that people always want to go to, or you know, like it, it's it's a beautiful country. Don't get me wrong, but it like it's that place that I find when I, you know, especially when people hear me in Powerade talk or at events, like, oh, you guys are really from Ireland. So they kind of buy into it, you know, and. Like you know, do we we don't have much else going for us only our accents. So, uh, <laughs> shit out looks on the good look front, but yeah, our accents. If we lose our accents, we're out of business. Um, 
but yeah, pe- people people enjoy that, and, and I said part the guys are such a cool story down there, you know, and um, seeing the distillery, you know, people like the visual aspects, and you know, we've got like a three D headset that we use in Oculus yeah. that uh, gives a drone footage of the entire distillery, oh, so wow. we show that to buyers and some customers sometimes, and people can see exactly what goes on there. So having that interactive part of it, but yeah, I think just the the more whimsical nature of what goes on in Ireland, people are kind of fascinated by it and and they said having the story the you know basically farm to fork or farm like farm to glass 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 is is something that's very different you know that a lot of distilleries are doing and also people are becoming a lot more educated on what they eat and drink and they want to know where it comes from like where you get your meat from where you get your chicken from Mm -hmm. where you get everything that you do now people are you know and the, the the clientele that we that that buy our stuff are people that are more you know that are willing to spend that extra couple of dollars on you know one on the story and two on the product um so that's that's been a big part of it far but i i can't say i've had any negative experiences over here you know you get the odd few people that like oh i don't like it the things taste like shit but great (laughs) (laughs) but i don't drink whiskey either yeah, yeah, that's 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 no problem. So it's but yeah, other than that, everyone every place we've went to has been super receptive. Like every new state that we've opened up um couldn't be more like the, the most recent one was Atlanta. As I go back to it, we had such a good time down there for the three days we were there. We had a blast. Awesome. Like every I don't think I think only one store owner couldn't meet me and I went to probably 17, 18 stores in three days and pubs and restaurants. Oh wow. One owner had COVID so he couldn't make it. Everybody else that we met in bars and restaurants took time out of their day and sat down and it wasn't a rush job and it wasn't just ticking boxes they actually wanted to hear about the product try it you know and it was it was super cool so yeah we we had a lot of fun down there a lot of fun nice looking forward looking forward to going back down there again soon nice yeah awesome yeah it's good it's good to hear there's receptivity so it's uh, i mean it's something to be tried and to be enjoyed and uh, no matter what your spirit of choice is you like to drink good stuff. I mean, it, mm. I, I don't. Th- I can't imagine anybody pushing this back on. Like, yeah, that's not that good, right? No. If, if you're a no. if you're a whiskey drinker, like that, that ain't gonna happen. No. So yeah, I, yeah I, I, sure. I definitely think of it. People generally say, yeah, for that price, it's really good whiskey for that price point. I think that's the feedback. I've never had anybody saying, oh, you know, this is overpriced. So no. you know, we've tried to keep our prices the same we haven't done any price increases that's obviously tough on us at the moment with everything you know the cost of everything going through the roof but you know rather than trying to increase our price we're we're going to change the bottle now we're reducing the glass like by 30 percent and stuff like that so we want to try and keep that price point because i think it it's still you know it's still affordable for a lot of people right if you keep increasing your prices then you know you're sort of we don't want to price ourselves out of the market basically yeah, sure. Well, you yeah, you definitely have it. And Hopper, I think you mentioned it, right? You've kind of hit a sweet spot of you got a couple of price points there where you're either, you know, in the 20s, less than 30, or you're, you know, over 50 or 60. And then you guys are kind of hitting that, you know, yeah. in, in that 40, $40 category of where, uh, yeah. hey, and, and it's that's like giftable. That, that's a giftable price that, uh, you know, you're getting somebody and being like, hey, let's give them something different that they may want to experience and try. So, yeah. and, and it's a unique bottle, right? I mean, you may not get the same bottle again. So, yeah, it's funny when, when, uh, 
We launched in New York. I would say at that price, we were probably the most expensive whiskey on the Irish whiskey on the shelf in the liquor stores in New York in, mm. in 2018, right? And now we're just mid price. You know, so much right. has changed. And, you know, we talked about Jameson and alluded to it anyway several times. Uh, they're the reason we're here because if they hadn't spent all those marketing dollars over the last 15 years, you know, promoting Irish whiskey, there wouldn't be a space for us at all. And now, you know, now they're talking, they're promoting red, red breast, they're promoting all the spot ranges and everything, which are all more expensive than us. And that's also good as well. You know, so it's introducing, telling people, listen, you've had fun drinking your whiskey on the $26 mark. And now, you know, let's try some of these, you know? So we're in the middle, we're getting a little niche in there and, you know, we're happy with that. Yeah, sure. So you asked the question earlier. I'll, I'll share a personal story, and and I have some some friends, acquaintances. I don't know where do you want to come. People that like to come over and drink shit for free, <laughs> and and some of them don't drink bourbon at all. And for one of them, I have to keep a bottle of vodka. And there's only ever one bottle of vodka. And when that bottle's gone, I replace it. And there's another one. There's another guy that in the past, historically, I've kept a bottle. Uh, I've kept a bottle of JMO for him because that's just, that's what he drinks. And I'm like, dude, I've got all this fucking bourbon. Why don't, he's like, it's too sweet. I don't like it. I don't, I don't want the sweetness. He's like, it just doesn't do it for me. So I've, until, so I've found his new uh, Irish whiskey. There you go. There so you it's, go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an easy transit. And now instead of him just like guzzling, he's kind of like, ooh, I want to kind of sit around and t- enjoy and get uh, like we're, we're, we've graduated to there's no ice in the glass now. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of exciting things that have happened, uh, happened out of the bottle. So it's great yeah. watching people grow up. <laughs> yeah, still working. I'm still working on it. Uh, okay, guys. So uh, one thing we do like to do. Uh, and I know we got to get y'all out of here. You got other shit to do than uh, talk to us, but we do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, oh, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Been yeah. great. We have, we have to fill our glass back up first. After that, um, so uh, where can we find you? Uh, so, Padraig, Hopper, however you want to roll it. Um, so, I, I wrote down a couple things. If if I want to get in touch with Clonic Hilti, and maybe it's something that's, uh, you know, I need it in my restaurant, bar, et cetera, or maybe i'm a club maybe i have a podcast and i want to do a barrel pick i don't know how do i get in touch how do i find out about this stuff um easiest way i suppose no obviously we've social media kind of kilty distillery usa is our instagram for the united states kind of kilty distillery is the one for ireland but Pari controls the united states one with sean and then you know it's easy to find us on on social media and then our, our emails are pretty my, my email is simple it's just hopper at kind of kilty distillery dot ie not com dot ie but yeah social media instagram you know reach out through our website even you know there's all the links are there to contact everybody and you know obviously i i can't tell you where we are currently in georgia but you know if people reach out to us on social media we can contact the distributors and get a list of accounts and locations where people can find and buy the product um you know but we 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 were pretty we're pretty active on our social media accounts, so we respond to everybody's message. So yeah, but Clan of Kilty Distillery USA on Instagram would probably be the easiest way to contact contact any of us and you know find us through that. Yeah, and are you ex- are you accepting uh, requests for private barrel picks, or are you how's that being managed today? 
Yeah, that, that door is always open. Um, we've just started the bottling process in Ireland. Um, I tasted some of the barrels. I tasted a lot of the barrels when I was there. And there was some really, really cool, unique ones coming out. Some some real gems that I think will really surprise people. So, yeah, we have them coming out. We have beautiful display boxes being made up currently um, that will feature like a three-pack sample in it. So from different casks, there'll be two with glasses in it so basically come to your club restaurant bar liquor store house wherever and you we can get the process rolling and the thing what we do i suppose is maybe a bit different we don't sell any of the same casks in the same area so if somebody buys a saw turns or a rib salts, we're not going to put another one in to that area we'll put in something else so you you kind of have an exclusive honest per se, you know what I mean? We're we're not going to yeah. flood the market in with the same states, yeah. We'll yeah. keep it on the same states, yeah. Exactly. We're not yeah. going to flood yeah. the market with the with the same product. All the private barrels will be coming in a cast rent. So anywhere from one ten to one twenty, one twenty two, depending on what the guys think in Ireland is right and then you know, we're in a unique position where obviously we prefer to sell the full cask, which is about 300 bottles, give or take, from 280 to 300. But if you are a smaller business and don't have the capacity for that, we can split the casks in half. So you can buy 25 cases with 150 bottles, you know, and we'll find another state or another area then to move the rest of it. So it's, it's, it's unique in that way, you know, you can kind of control how much of the product you want so you can either take a half a barrel or take the whole lot depending on how much volume you want to do flexibility helps if you need it i guess right yes. and, and hopper you you threw me a softball so i can't uh i, I can't can't miss the reference dan is yeah. that a gem or a gem <laughs> <laughs> if, if you've ever seen the movie the town you know, is it a gem or a gem? I, town, I, I, yeah. I couldn't resist hopper i couldn't no, resist no, hopper. No, I, I, either way it's a gem either way it's a gem well, all both. right guys well both it's both it's both so, uh, okay so don't go anywhere yet uh because we got some fun questions for you but we're gonna get you out of here we're extremely quick and um I got questions. Dan, do you have questions? Yeah, I do. This is this I is do. rapid fire, guys. Rapid real, fire. Real quick. So we're recording this uh, week early. So early leans for the open next week. You're going Ra uh, Rory or Shane Lowry? Rory. I'm going Rory. Okay. I'm with you guys. Well, we got all Rory's here. Yeah, all all right. Rory's. Just, okay. just, because, just because of his stance on the whole live thing. But yeah, I, I'm going to go to Rory. But I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how long more he's going to hold out if they come off him a couple of hundred million dollars. He might break I don't know if a couple hundred million changes his lifestyle. No. So I think I think I think he's uh, I think he's stepping out. Are you guys golfers, by the way? I probably throw the ball further than I hit it. <laughs> right, but I, 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 I dabble. Yes, I dabble every now and again. I try to get to at least a range and hit a few balls. But I'm actually playing in a golf tournament with one of the Irish pubs here in Syracuse next month so that's probably going to be pretty interesting nice nice all right uh padraig no no golf. i tried and i just don't have the time for it and even though i'm down in florida and there's a million golf courses around here i 
I'm afraid not. So. Okay. I, I try too, and I suck, and I still keep trying. That's why I drink more whiskey. It's, it's the most frustrating uh, sport in the world, I think. You know, because you true. play well one day, you think you got it nailed, and then the next day, boom. One hundred percent. Someone described it to me as a as a as a nice walk ruined. Yep. 100%. Yeah, I've heard that Mark before Twain too. Was the guy who said that, right? <laughs> yeah. it's it's possible. Okay, so uh, I think we got a guy in Syracuse, and I think we've got a guy in South Florida. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about anything about those two places. I want to talk about your home country. I want to talk about when I'm going to Ireland. This is a little bit selfish. When I go to Ireland in November. I think I'm there the first week of November for eight or 10 days. I don't know, for a little while. And uh, I, so I want to know, and, and I know what you're, I know the next question is going to be, well, where, what, what city are you going to be in? Ireland ain't that big. I'm not <laughs> saying it's small, but it ain't that big. You can pretty much, like if you set out in the morning at six, you could get around Ireland if you moved fast enough, I think, uh, in a day. Right. I, I don't know if you could see and hit, do everything you wanted to do, but it, but it's not that big. No, you you get from top to bottom like six seven hours driving on the motorway. If you just stick to the motorway, the motorway yeah. But, yeah. If you go to if you go to country roads, you could be lost forever. <laughs> I, 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 I want to go. I want to go country roads. So give me. Tell me that regardless of where I'm going to be. I want to know where do I need to make it a point to go to. Hidden guilty is gem. obviously a thing. Right. Uh, what what city? What do you call it? cities? Because I know it's it's uh, it's County yeah. Cork, Ireland, but then the city is Clonakilty or the town, however the you town. find it, right? Yeah, because it's like yeah. four thousand people or whatever, so it's a town. Yeah. Yeah. I go. Your five. Are you flying into Dublin? Sure. Yeah, I didn't know there was another option. No, Shannon, Shannon as well, but you know, from Georgia, probably Dublin direct into Dublin. Stay there one night. Jameson, Guinness, Book of Kells, <clears throat> get out. <laughs> um, I, I've been to Dublin 15 times in my life. And none of them were by choice. Um, go down, go down the country, Cork, Waterford, Kilkenny. You know, Dingle, Killarney. Carry, definitely. Bring a carry, yeah. County Clare, Tiff's the Moher. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you say Rena Clare? Ring of Kerry. Ring of Kerry. Ring of Kerry. Ring of Kerry, excuse me. And then you can get the ferry across. And the north of Kerry, there's a ferry to County Clare, which is where I'm from. Go up to a place called Doolin, D O O L I N. One of the best bars in the world is in Doolin. Hmm. Fabulous bar. And in November, name the, so, name the bar for crying out loud, Padraig. It's McHugh's bar. McHugh's bar. McHugh's and Gussie O'Connor. Oh well, that's so not O'Connor's. a popular name in Ireland. I mean, that'll just be O'Connor's. Uh, so, O'Connor's the other one. Okay. So the yeah, so great bars. Um, in November, the difference between going to Ireland in November and 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 summer is that the rain is a little bit colder. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. It's good drinking it, it, weather in November. There you go. It, it'll be it'll be fine. The the Irish whiskey they say will warm the soul. Yeah. Um, you guys rented a car. I I am renting a car. Yes. So uh, I'll have a. I don't know that I'll be able to drive the car, but I'm going to have the car. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah make, make sure you get the I because I just got back and they offered me this insurance. It was like ten bucks a day or fifteen bucks a day. It basically covered all the scratches that you get in your car because I live in the country and like the lanes are only wide enough for one car. So when you got two cars coming, you just hit the gas and you drive onto the ditch. So the side of the car looks like it was put through a cheese grater. But I dropped it back to the guy. He goes, "Oh, that's all covered." He goes by the insurance. I said, "Thank you." <laughs> well noted. Well noted. Um, I got. I got a couple other ones. I thought I read, and and I th- this could have been I saw it on the internet. So who knows if it's true or not? But did black blood pudding originate? Was it was it like like the 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 black blood pudding of what you think about that you're going to eat? Is Clonakilty the the originator or the bar in Clonakilty? Or at least that's the story. It's probably not the originator, but it's definitely one of the most famous black puddings in our okay. It's kind of guilty. Hmm. It's really good. As long as you don't know how it's made, you know, don't exactly. ask. Yeah. It tastes really we don't, good. we're not, I, I know how it's made and I'm totally good with it. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Other people may not be, but we, we won't ask how it's made. But so as an, as, a, as Irishmen, Irish people, I guess we have to be uh, inclusive here. Um, do you eat? Black Irish, do you, do you eat the, the black pudding? You can't get it over. It's very hard to find it over here. But when I was home, every morning I go down to the local store and they had like delis there. Every day it was 10 Irish pork sausages and five pieces of black pudding, five pieces of white pudding. Wow. So, so hoppers a yes. Padraig, are you in no? 100% yes. Yeah. And the sausages are different from over here as well, by the way. So yeah. there's the gorgeous sausages. Yeah. Really, yeah. Really. So every, every morning without fail. Because you, you can get pork sausage over here but they're not as they're not as good as the ones at home but yeah every 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 morning it was like tradition just go to the store i, I was going to the same store so much the lady nearly had it ready for me at the time i was going there but <laughs> how's your cholesterol since you got back oh, my heart, my heart is that's why he's drinking the whiskey it keeps the blood thin keeps it keep my blood thin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Uh, awesome, that's awesome. Hilarious. All right, so we, so we, so we definitely got to go for the uh, for the uh, black pudding. That's a must. Uh, any, are there any other traditional dishes that you're like, don't touch it, or you have to try it no matter what it sounds like? Shepherd's pie, if you can get a good one. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Packet and tripe, if you like tripe. There you oh. go. Smoked salmon uh, is very good in Ireland. Really? Yeah. The smoked wow. salmon? Oh, yeah. Really, really good. Right. Smoked salmon on brown bread. Delicious. Cheese. Uh, cheese. Yeah. And the cheese? Yeah. Okay. So it's, cheese, uh, we're in for an adventure. The milk, the milk and butter over there. Like, I, I, I was funny because I had been home in so long. Like, I bought bread from, my, I was staying at my dad's house. I bought, like, bread and milk and, I came down like two days later and the bread was gone like moldy. I was like, so this would not happen in the States. I said I could have, and like the milk actually has the expiry date on it, like of two days. So I was like, yeah, I couldn't, but yeah, the, the, all the dairy products over there are so much better. And then the Irish chocolate as well. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah. Cadbury's and dairy milk. Like the sure Irish, Irish chocolate is far superior to Hershey's. <laughs> the butter, the Irish butter is so good that Wisconsin banned us until 2018. Oh, I love this. Oh, ah, this is good. Nice. nice. <laughs> wow. Oh. You can you can get you can get the Irish butter actually in some of the bigger stores like the more craft ones. It's called Kerrygold. 
Yeah, I've there had, you go. Oh, yeah, I love it. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Get over here. It's, it's, I, I no, I don't like the the spreads and that over here. Obviously, it's a bit more expensive, but sure. you know, it's it's actually butter because I've I've turned a lot of my American friends onto it. Like I'll go listen. Go spend the seven, eight, nine bucks, whatever it is, on this butter. Uh, I said you will never. I know. I know we got to let you go, Hopper. But I, I don't, and I'm not a butter connoisseur. However, uh, if you ever wonder why they call Kerry Gold butter Kerry Gold, hmm. if you open it up, hmm. and I'd say open it up first and put it put it on a plate or put it on your your butter tray. Hmm. Oh, go get just whatever any. Go get any other brand of butter from your market. Go any other brand. I don't care what it is. And put and put it beside of it. And there is like I mean, it's like it's like electric gold versus like this little white kind of tinted mauve kind of butter. And then when you taste it, it's like shit, that's what butter's supposed to taste like. (laughs) Yeah. It's yeah, the the cows are grass fed and generally because the winters are mild, they're out most of the year. So that's what it is, you know. So it's green. They're eating, you know, the grass that the way it should have been, the way it should be, rather. Awesome. So, what are you guys excited about for the next twelve months with your brand? I'm, well, I'm excited about because we're moving into sort of like whiskey dinners and all that sort of stuff. I'm excited about sitting down and talking. I'm not a big fan of tastings in liquor stores. We have to do it, but I'm more of a fan of sitting down with people, spending three hours with them tasting the whiskeys and spending a lot of time doing that. We've got some really exciting stuff. Our Hopper alluded to it there. We have a, a, a whiskey for cigar smokers, which we're going to be nice. launching, I think, in the next like four months. Nice. Spent a lot of time, well, obviously down in South Florida, right? There's a lot of cigar smokers down here talking to them, mm-hmm. finding out what they like about whiskey, what they, you know, what they want, what they're not getting from their whiskey. So we we finished this in in, in a stout cast. So it has this roundness to the to the, and it doesn't, you know, it helps you with this dry mouth that you get when you smoke a cigar. So that's a really exciting, really excited about that. There are two things up top my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, as par glued to, like obviously you know the summer is a small bit slower for us. You know we we are focused mainly on the vodka and the gin. I suppose our bigger sellers for during this time of the year because it's warmer. But we've so many events coming up. I suppose in the colder months, um, like you know whiskey dinners, cigar lounge pairings. We've got you know lots of different cool stuff coming out. Um, a lot of like corporate events that we're doing. You know, and then winter time then obviously our private barrels are going to be coming in in the next couple of months we're going to start trickling in so looking forward to going out meeting obviously existing customers with them and then also hopefully we'll have some new customers and you know trying to open new markets and as well obviously i'm excited about getting down to georgia um probably september time i'm going to get down there um so looking forward to going down there and the challenges that market is going to have and you know getting back down there for a while and yeah, other than that, we've got we got some cool stuff coming up. Um, yeah, we'll keep people updated on our social media accounts. But yeah, there's there's always something new happening kind of most every week. We've some crazy shit going on. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, ma- make a note. Be sure to uh, let me know when you get some dates scheduled for Atlanta. Uh, love to get uh, connected with you. Whether it's, uh, I mean, we could do like a side by side tasting at the house here. We could have Irish whiskey and. Catoctin Creek, and I would say all kinds of things over there. But, um, yeah, uh, Padraig Cole and Hopper McGrath, it has been a pleasure.
pleasure Absolutely. to get to meet you virtually. Mm -hmm. I'm looking more forward to getting to meet you in person so we can actually look at each other and be like, when you say what you're tasting, is that really what you're tasting? Because I want to taste it too. Uh, but, but, but we'll get there, gentlemen. We'll get there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm closing it out. Uh, what do you guys have to close it out with? Slauncher. Slauncher. I've got a bottle of water because I'm driving later on. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. It's been a great pleasure. This is a blast. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Dan. Absolutely. 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 All right. Cheers, boys. Later. Bye-bye.